Hey everybody, welcome to the Audience of One podcast, where we live by Colossians 3, 23. Whatever you do, do it enthusiastically as something done for the Lord and not for men. Here we talk about life, purpose, and growth, and attempt to practically live our lives focused on pleasing our audience of one, which is God. Enjoy the show and be blessed. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Audience of One podcast. Today's episode is a good one, and it is so needed in this age of social media. We're talking all about being your authentic self. I am chatting with Dr. Patrice Carter, who is an amazing role model of how to be authentic. If you have not heard of her before, you are in for a treat. So sit back and enjoy the show. I know this episode is going to be awesome, but before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about who you are? Yes. So my name is Dr. Patrice Carter, and I am a wife, a mom to three beautiful blended children. I'm also a proud Army veteran, and I'm the owner of Breakpoint Coaching LLC, where I certify, equip, and train Christian life coaches. And I'm also a motivational speaker and author of the book, Superb Woman, From Bad Girl to God's Girl. And you forgot to say that you're completely awesome and such a beautiful soul. (laughs) Oh, my God. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you for that affirmation. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So today we're talking about being your authentic self. Mm -hmm. And when I thought about this topic, you instantly came to mind because when I first met you back in end of January, February, um, at an event in Fayetteville, what I gleaned from you was just, wow, she is like, just so real, so down to earth. You're the keynote speaker. And I'm like, she's just around talking to the, you know, quote unquote, regular people here at this event. And you're just like, Hey, Hey girl, how you doing? I love your hair. And I'm like, (laughs) what? And then when I went to your session, you opened up with prayer and a song. And I was like, this isn't a church event, but you were just being you. And I really admired that. And I said, man, I need to carry that with me. So as soon as I I thought of this topic, I was like, I need to get Dr. Patrice on the podcast to talk about that. This is one of my favorite topics. Oh, awesome. So when you think about being your authentic self, What comes to mind and how do you actually define being your authentic self? Well, first of all, let's establish that you're my total hair crush. And that was what drew me to you was your hair was like popping that day. Okay. (laughs) It was like the bomb twist out. And I was like, hair goals, hashtag hair goals for 2020, 2020. So, and that and your fabulosity. So you're equally as wonderful. And thank you. Okay. So when I think about, authenticity honestly the first thing that came up for me was it's scary you know um one I think the term is broadly overused when people like just be your authentic self or people say it but they don't give people a how-to and so when you talked about the fact that you saw me and I was opening uh you know a non-christian event with prayer and song that was because years ago, maybe two years ago, not years, like it was 15 years ago, but years ago, two years ago, the Lord said to me, when you go out, no matter what you do, enter and worship first. And I'm like, seriously, like you talking about (laughs) like a corporate event. 
And he said, yes, because I want you to usher in my presence. And so that was just so awkward for me when I first started doing that, that, and I'm not known to be a singer, but I do love God. I love Jesus. And so I think going back just to bring it all together full circle is that it can be scary being your authentic self because there's sometimes that we don't really fully know what's inside of us. So we don't know what's going to come out, um, which that's one. And then the other is we don't know how it's going to be received. So that was my first initial thought when a consideration when you asked me that. I know you said that being your authentic self is scary, but what was your journey like actually getting to the point where you could overcome that fear and not allow that fear to paralyze you into not doing what you know you should be doing anyway? So I love that question because I'm not, I'm not afraid anymore. And when I say it's scary, I think that I'm saying that like how I initially felt, I don't want to say that for anyone else, but my journey to getting there, everything for me comes back to Jesus. And For a very long time, many, many years. I'm a late bloomer. I'm 51. And hold on, let's let's stop there. You are how old? Yes, I'm 51. I'll be 52 this year. Okay, listeners, stop what you're doing. Look (laughs) at the show notes. Go look her up. And you come back to this podcast and you will be like, what is she talking about? What? (laughs) It'll be like the Essence magazine. I love that when they do the women that are 70 they look like they're 30 or something like that but to god be the glory but you know why he said he's preserving me for a younger generation women such as yourself so that's why i'm just honored to be with you um but i was going to say the journey to that was that i'm a late bloomer and when i say i'm a late bloomer i spent the early majority part of her staff of my life people pleasing and being afraid um to say no when I would show up in a room, I would diminish myself or try to hide. Even corporately, I remember I was just telling my husband the other day, I would have positions of leadership, but when we would come into the boardroom, I would sit on the outskirts like I was the help. And a female boss said to me one day, she said, stop acting like the help. Sit at the table. She said, because your place is at the table and then somebody asks you to move, then that's their issue because you're a, you're a leader, you're a manager, you have a position. And so in that same vein, God began to deal with me about that spiritually, how I wasn't showing up in the fullness of who he made me to be. And I will often have prophets walk up to me in church service and say to me, you don't even know who you are. You don't even know the full weight of what you carry. And they probably thought they were, you know, doing something grand, but that made me angry because I was like, God, I don't want somebody to keep telling me, A, I don't know who I am. B, it's making me so frustrated that I don't know who I am. (laughs) And C, let that not continue to be true. Help me to stop diminishing myself. Help me to stop holding back. I am afraid. Um, You know, I just, I don't know why I was afraid. I think it was just a spirit of intimidation because at the end of the day, I always was amazing. And when I say amazing, like I am really genuinely kind, you know, but kindness I think so often it's taken as a weakness that you almost begin to think that there's something wrong with you when you show up as a good person. It's not normal. Like that's abnormal, but that's really not abnormal. That's really the normality. Everything else is an abnormality. So I would shrink. Um, 
from intimidation, even if I showed up with people that had the same, like I have two master's degrees and a PhD, I have a master's in healthcare administration, I have an MBA and I have a PhD in leadership. So I would show up with colleagues, but still feel diminished. So it was all internal. And so again, the way that I began to just deal with that was just to ask God to show me who I really am and then give me the courage and the boldness, like Paul said, pray for me that I will speak boldly as I ought to and make the gospel known. Um, and I just asked for help. I asked God for help. I read a lot of books. And um, so those are just some of the things I know we're, you know, we're going to kind of talk about a lot more things, but I just first had to acknowledge that I did feel like I wasn't showing up well, that I was afraid and that I was tired of being tired of feeling diminished and less than. Mm, that's that's quite a journey and I definitely can relate to the piece of you feeling frustrated with other people being able to see your greatness and you can't mm-hmm. see it and mm-hmm. especially when you were probably doing things already and you were like yeah this is great God is doing this to me and then people still looking at you like you don't you have no idea it's going to be yeah. even bigger going to be even greater mm-hmm. and I mean I don't know why God does what he does but Sometimes I'm like, maybe he does that because we really just can't handle that big picture. Like if you would have known years later that you would be the owner and um, of your company and doing all of these big things, like, could you have handled that? Would you have remained as humble? Would you have relied on God the, the entire time? So of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. but when you're in the moment, you're just like, I'm over it. Like, I need to see this being manifest. Well, the other thing is, I mean, that's so true. Um, And God really did take me when you said that humbled. There was a season like this all didn't happen overnight. Like I've left my full time job 11 years ago, which seems like forever ago now to do this marketplace ministry. So before that, I worked in corporate America. I was in healthcare management for 14 years. And in any case, God had given my husband a vision about me one night. And it was a bowl of olives. He said, I had a vision about you last night. And it was a bowl of olives. And next to it was a jar of olive oil. And I just thought to myself, Lord Jesus, because <laughs> I knew that that wasn't going to be anything good. I know it was not a good sign. And why I say that is because God was, he was going to crush me to get that oil. Like basically that's, and that's what happened. I went into a season of deep crushing. And if you've ever been crushed by God, it's sorrowful. It's broken. Like it's a huge broken. He take, he breaks you down to the white meat. (laughs) So he gets the pit out and all this left is oil. And so it was this long season of just being crushed. But when I came out, I had this immense boldness, but I also had a deep humility. And I realized that I'm not saying even that to sound haughty. I recognized that he crushed out pride. He crushed out fear. He crushed out so many things. And then that same season, a prophet came to me and she said, God said to tell you, he's going to show you two things. He said, I'm going to show you where you end and where I begin. And the higher I take you, the lower you go. The higher I take you, the lower you go. She said it three times, the higher I take you, the lower you go. Because he was showing me that he was going to elevate me, but I needed to stay low, humble, as high as he takes me, I need to stay bowed down in my spirit. You know, that's so powerful, and it, that's such a hard thing to do without the Holy Spirit. <laughs> like mm-hmm. us as humans, yeah. 
like that's impossible. The more notoriety and the more um, opportunities you get, it's like how how can you remain humble in that if it's not the Holy Spirit helping you mm-hmm. constantly humble yourself? Mm-hmm. It's true, and it's so funny because I mean, just this whole conversation about authenticity. I sounded like a Jesus freak to a lot of people. And even one of my spiritual mothers said to me, she said, people are going to even question your sanity because God speaks to me in visions and dreams. So all of this to say, like, really, my my main call in life is prophetic, is to be a prophet. He has called me to the nations. And the business is only one way I show up and do that and make disciples. So everything is ministry for me. And it's a lifestyle. And so when it became a lifestyle, now I do sound like a Jesus freak. So it's like I would be I would feel afraid to go into corporate environments or be in corporate America, be in the university setting, even though it's a Christian school or at work talking about Jesus, because I knew that he wasn't always welcome in those spaces. And even when people would invite me to speak, not church events, but regular events to speak, um, they would say, well, we you know, we know you have a Christian platform, but you can't say that here. And I would look for ways to try to adjust that or accommodate that. And one day God said, you're not going to have it without me. You're not going to have a business without me. And so basically you better get comfortable because if you deny me, I'm denying you. And I'm like, the devil is a lie. Ain't nobody- <laughs> you're not denying me. I can do all this living just to get denied. <laughs> all this breaking through to get denied. And so I had to be... I had to reconcile it in myself that it was okay if I didn't look like everybody else, if I didn't sound like everybody else, if I couldn't go where everybody else went and did what everybody else was doing because of who God was calling me to be. And so when she said to me, you're going to, people are going to test, question your sanity. When you start talking about God said, Jesus said, I heard the Lord, you know, what does that even mean if you're not someone who understands that language Um, or even, you know, just some of the places I've had to walk through. My spiritual father said to me one day, you've been picked out to be picked on. So I'm a suicide survivor. I'm a survivor of domestic violence. Um, I committed adultery in my previous marriage. God afflicted me with herpes. He's healed me. I mean, I have lived like lifetimes. I feel like I've lived two or three lifetimes before, you know, in 51 years. And it's not for nothing. God did it because it needs to be told so that somebody else can get free. So it can be a gift I give back to man. That's the gift that he gave me with my life, a new life. But now I owe him. And when he said, I require it, uh, you know, something of you now, it's always a yes to God. And so I think when you get to that point, I don't think I know that when you get to that point that nothing else matters, that's when the real reality, the authenticity of who you are starts to manifest itself and I don't mean manifest in a new age sense I mean it starts to become known it starts to come out it starts to be seen and visible because you get to the bottom of who you really are and you realize what's important and what's not and what matters and it really sounds like you had to overcome people pleasing during that process of becoming your authentic self Mm -hmm. and um, you know this podcast is all about how to live our life, ultimately pleasing God and not pleasing other people. But what what are some tips that you have for people who are struggling, truly being their authentic self? Like, it doesn't matter um, 
how, how much they might read about this or they might feel encouraged one moment. But at the end of the day, they are truthfully struggling being who they know God really wants them to be. What are some tips that you have for them? Well, you know, any 12 step program tells you acknowledgement. <laughs> so and, and two things, acknowledgement and agreement. Those would be the first two. And if I lose count, you just help me. <laughs> so the first one is you have to agree with who God says you are. But in order to know that, you have to ask him to show you who you are. Now, I know spiritually God says I've called you as a prophet to the nations. Naturally, I know that he's called me to speak and to coach and to write. And those things all work together. So then the second part is, I said, agreement and acknowledgement, right? So I have to acknowledge within myself that maybe I'm not showing up in the realness of who I am. I have to acknowledge within myself, maybe my shortcomings and the things that I failed at and then forgive myself. But I also have to acknowledge that I'm pretty awesome and not be afraid to say that to myself. So I've had a lot of conversations with myself. I looked in the mirror and I forgave myself for the things I did where I didn't protect myself and for my failings, personal failings. And then I looked in the mirror and I said, you know, positive things to myself. You are beautiful. You are funny. You are amazing. And when I say acknowledgement also, I mean, acknowledge the things that make you who you are. I'm really goofy. Um, I think I have an incredible sense of humor. I think I'm hilarious. Um, My voice does sound like Mickey Mouse. My sister tells me I sound like Mickey Mouse all the time. (laughs) I have a very high-pitched voice. And that used to keep me from wanting to speak. And when God said I was going to be a speaker, I was like, there ain't no way, you know? And so... All those kind of things, I acknowledged both the negative and the positive about myself. And then I said, I accept you for how you are. So then when you accept yourself for how you are after you've acknowledged both your good and pros and cons, I would say, then, okay, what are we working with? So then I look at how God called me. What did he call me to? I already introduced myself as a coach, trainer, a speaker, and author. There's more that he's called me to, but those things broadly am I being a wife and a mom. So how do I show up in the fullness? So God, give me the ability to show fully, uh, show up fully. So equipping. How do I get equipped as a wife? I'd be around other wives. You know, I read the Bible. I read books. However you learn about yourself or learn about other things that you want to be best in parenting. I've never been a mother. I became a mother at 40 to a 10-year-old son and two daughters who were in their teenage years, and they were all, they were not my birth children. So I read books. I talked to other blended moms. I prayed a lot. I cried a lot. And then as a coach, I've had mentors. So who can help? Find someone or find someone, some people that can assist you and helping you to grow into who it is that God has called you to be. And the way that I knew who could help me was I asked God, who have you positioned to help me? So find the Ruth to your Naomi or the Naomi to your Ruth or the Mordecai to your Esther, if that makes sense. And connect with those people that can help you to become and birth out the truest who the self of the virtue of who you are. Um, overall, I would say, of course, the Holy Spirit, because there was a season where I wanted mentors, but God said the Holy Spirit's going to be your mentor in this season until either he had one that he prepared or until I recognized how to just flow and operate with him without human intervention. 
because of how he's called me and where he's called me, it's always going to be me and the Holy Spirit and me and Jesus. If don't nobody else show up, he's with me at all times. Um, and then being bold about it and having boundaries, setting boundaries. So being bold about, I know who God called me to be. I'm standing in that. Don't come for me because if you do, you're going to get this sword. <laughs> or I'm just going to cut you off and fade to black and it's not a problem. I don't feel guilty about that anymore. And here's the boundary line in the sand. Don't cross the boundary and don't invite me to do things that you know are outside of or not in alignment with who God called me to be. But all, in addition to the boundary setting for other people, setting boundaries for myself about what I'm going to say yes to, what I'm going to say no to, because part of being authentic is you're, be, you're on purpose. So now when people invite me to do things like you've invited me to this podcast, this is absolutely in alignment with what I do. I love encouraging people. I pray that this, there's something that I've said tonight that will help someone. But then when people invite me to things that they don't feel right, before I would feel guilty or afraid to say no, now my yes is yes and my no is no. So get firm on your yes and firm on your no. And know that no is a complete sentence. So I felt like I always had to give people a reason why I was saying no or feeling guilty or afraid. But that scripture is Matthew 5 and 37. It says, let your yes be yes or your no be no. Anything more than that is from the evil one. Meaning that evil is if it's you're saying it out of guilt, you're doing it out of fear, you're doing it in opposition to what you really want to do in your heart, that's evil. So getting clear on your yes and your no. And just knowing that this is like a having grace that I would end on my last tip would be having grace with yourself and other people because people are not going to be used to the new you. They're not going to be used to you when you show up with these boundaries. <laughs> They're not going to be used to you when you start saying yes. And in fact, it's going to make some people angry and turn off and they're going to lash out. But it's because they're having to adjust now to you as you're adjusting to you. So when I say have grace with yourself, recognize that you're going to feel it. Some days you're going to feel at this and some days you're going to, you know, excel, but you're always learning and you're always growing. And one day you'll look back and you'll realize that you arrived at yourself. Mm. I loved all of that. Um, <laughs> I don't even know where to start with commenting on those things. I mean, that was just so good. And I think you gave us so many pieces and pieces to really go back through and, and examine ourselves. I feel that really taking some time to um, do some self-reflection on many of those pieces that you, you named will really help and be an encouraging space for many of us. I, I, re I really just love how you broke that down and you shared your experiences through all of those things. I, I know that people will definitely be able to sit with that and walk through that and really start to embrace who they are because I mean, who you are is just so beautiful. And then you will attract the people that really need to be with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, I'm just thinking about back to when I first met you, you know, I had, I had definitely stalked you all over your website and everything when I saw that you were the keynote speaker, cause I never heard of you, but I was like, oh my gosh, like she's total goals. <laughs> and when I met you in person, I was attracted to you even further because of your realness and how authentic you are. But let's say if you would have just been whoever you may have thought like, oh, this is what a keynote speaker is supposed to be like, then 
I could have been turned off and, you know, you would have been, you, you wouldn't be able to serve the people that God really has in front of you to serve. So I think that's awesome. And then you also, um, gave validity to all of the highs and the lows and things that we might experience with your story about, you know, the olives and being pressed to get the, the olive, um, the olive oil. And, you know, because of course, when we're going through those times, you're like, there's no, there's no reason for this. There's nothing that God can use this for, but you are, you know, a witness for sure that God takes all he uses all and mm. all of the experiences are valuable. If it even is just you being able to sit here on a podcast and talk about those um, yeah. experiences that that could be the ultimate value in some of those things that you had to go through, but it's still valuable nonetheless. So I really yeah. appreciate everything that you shared for sure. Can I share two more things that came yes, up when you were speaking? Okay, so the one is being willing, be willing to go through um, in pursuit of your authenticity because it came up for me, you were just kind of recanting back to me what I shared about the crushing is that we want the big thing, but we don't want, we don't see what's attached to the, the requirement that's attached to get to that place, right? So today I can say 11 years later, which is a number of transition that I'm where getting where I had prayed for and believed God for. But when you said what I have gone through, if he would have shown me the rejection, if he would have shown me all the times I got scuffed up and scraped and was going to be without feeling like I was in total lack in so many ways, financially, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, just in lack, I would probably have turned back or I would have just stopped where I was and gone and got a job. (laughs) You know, I would have just stopped where I wasn't, you know, I won't say I would have turned away from God But I think that this is um, this situation where somebody is listening to this. I just feel this prophetically who's going to listen to this is they're thinking about turning back or stopping where they are. But you can't stop in place because this is part of the journey. The suffering is part of the journey because you're not he's not killing you. He's crushing you to get the oil. And the Bible says that it's the. The oil it reflects the anointing, and it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. So you can't help people break through. You can't break through yourself without the oil, and you can't get the oil without the crushing. And so it's like we have to recognize that is we're going to have to suffer. The Bible says if we're going to reign with him, we're going to suffer, but we suffer for righteousness sake. And so don't suffer as a backbiter or a gossip. Suffer for righteousness. So make up in your mind that you're going to suffer, and that's real. And realness is authentic so that when you really come out of that place, you have a real testimony to tell somebody because the Bible says what we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So then the last thing that came to me is wear your mantle, put on your mantle. And so God gave me a vision years ago. I was downstairs and we have a great room downstairs. And it's just like I had this open vision of me wearing this like my granddaddy's coat. It wasn't my granddaddy, but it was like an old man's blazer and it was brown and it was long, but it was hanging. It would be like if your daughter went and put on your husband's coat, right? She's a toddler. (laughs) She's put on a grown man's coat. It's going to be hanging. The sleeves are going to drag the ground. And that's what he showed me. He said, this is your mantle, but don't worry, you're going to grow into it. So then he gave me another vision in a dream and I was walking and I was walking along this sidewalk And to my left, the sidewalk was paved, but to my left was a mud pit. And the mud pit was filled with snake eggs. And it almost looked swampy, like like stalks were sticking up. And I could see the, I just knew in my spirit they were snake eggs. 
And across from that, on the other side of the trail was a carload full of um, demons, but they looked like men. And as I was walking, I looked up and that same mantle lifted up in the sky and it hovered in the sky. And I remember stepping off the path and walking into the mud pit, but I was stepping over the snake eggs and they were laughing at me because they said she doesn't even know she's in the snake pit. And so I just began to pray and ask God about the revelation of that vision and interpretation. And he said, the enemy is hoping that you won't know who you are and you won't recognize him. But I've called you to walk into the muddy, miry places to get people that are in, in clothes or surrounded by snakes and evil people to pull them out. And you had the authority and the anointing because he showed me the mantle up high to do so. So it was still an oversized mantle. So then uh, maybe like a year or two later, he gave me another vision and I was wearing a fitted coat. It was cinched in the waist and the sleeves were perfect as though it had been tailor-made for me. He said, you've grown into your mantle. But I was willing to take the mantle. When he showed it to me, I knew what it was by the spirit of God. And, you know, when you think about the mantle, how that biblically, everything is biblical. So when people think about, when they hear this, I want you to think that when God is showing you things naturally, he says, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. So everything that we do and know is spiritually derived. So the mantle was established in, a, um, was first, I refer to remember seeing it in a lot in the book of Kings, where Elijah threw his mantle on Elisha. And he said, follow me, because he had been praying and he was like thinking he was only one. And God said, no, there's others. And God assigned Elisha. And so how Elisha took on Elijah's mantle. And so with that, Elisha gave up his life to wear this mantle. And then from there, he took on, he, he got a double power, a double portion when Elijah went up. All that to say, wrap it up. Don't look at what anybody else is doing. And that's when you can really start to begin to be authentic when you just start dealing with your own life, looking at your own situation, your own business, your own job, your own calling, and owning fully who what that is, even if it's too big for you, even if it doesn't fit, even if you're overwhelmed by it. Because there's times, even now in this season of my life, God is really blessing, but I feel overwhelmed because it's so great. Like now I'm in another season where he's elevated me. I'm just like, I don't know that I have it. You know what I mean? But I'm like, but God in me does. So own your mantle, wear your mantle, and just know that you will grow into it. And even after that is fitted, he's going to outfit you for another mantle. Because while you were talking, I had a vision of eagles. Like, this message is for eagles. Like, you're an eagle. And when I say eagle, I know people do the whole thing with eagles and chickens, but I'm just speaking to eagles right now. Eagles fly higher than any other bird. Eagles eat other birds. They're at the top of their chain. They see miles and miles out and they reflect God. So when God refers to the eagle, the eagle is majestic, is wise, is powerful, and it sees. And so with that, God is just saying that those that are going to listen to this and really receive this, those are the ones that he's calling to be able to see into the future, to see with his insight, to see with his eyesight and to go high. And even in the storms, the Bible says that the eagles, they, um, they go above the storm. So an eagle doesn't even try to fly in the storm. He doesn't even deal with storms. He flies on the storm. So I just love that. Like he's, he's not afraid of the rain. He's not afraid of the storm. Like he literally flies and, let, and on top of the storm.
he lets the storm take him like his wings. So I just, I don't know how people will hear that, but mm. you know, just, yeah. Well, I heard it and I received it. <laughs> Amen in Jesus name. I receive it too. <laughs> Woo, that was good. That was good. And the church said, Amen. Amen. <laughs> I mean, Dr. Patrice, that was not one of your questions. I did not know we were going to have a sermon today. I'm like, <laughs> my God. Now, that was good. That was so encouraging. Like, I really, really received that. So, I, thank you. Thank you. Nobody else receives it. I do. And then whenever I edit this, I'll receive it again. And then when I listen, <laughs> I'll receive it. I will too. <laughs> So thank you so much for that. Um, thank you. So those are all the questions that I have for you. I did want to leave you space to um, share any other things that you might have going on or um, any projects that people can connect with you, because I know after listening, they're probably going to be like, who is this woman? I need to plug uh-huh. in. So how can people plug in with you? Well, I will first and foremost say to God be all the glory because it's him. Um, so the way that people can connect with me is my website which is www.drpatricecarter.com. And I'm sure that'll be in the show notes so they can get that. And I'm also on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn. All those links are from my website. And how I really love to connect with people, especially in this season, is if there is someone who feels that God is calling them to be a Christian life coach. Um, Through my company, Breakpoint Coaching LLC, We certify, equip, and train Christian life coaches. And there are two ways that people can become certified. We have live course instruction, and we have an e-coach course that is mobile-ready, and it's all video-based and self-paced. And then if that is not something that people are ready for, but they do feel that call to coaching, we have what's um, called the Breakpoint Coaching E-Club. And that is specifically a private Facebook group that is tailor-made and curated just for coaches, people that want to be coaches, people that are already coaching um, and just want to hone what they're already doing and be in a community of coaches where they can continue to grow better and maybe scale their business and just be mentored. So that's how people can connect with us. And those are the things that we love to do. Wonderful. At the end of every show, I ask folks to leave us an affirmation in a scripture. So can you share yours with us today? Yes, my affirmation to you is God in you is enough. God inside of you is enough because you have everything that you need. And my scripture today is one that someone spoke over me. I just love it. So I'm give it to you guys. So my scripture for today is Isaiah 51 and 1. It says, listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were cut and to the quarry from whence you were hewn. And that's the New International Version. And I want to read the message version. The message version says, the subtitle is committed to seeking God. Listen to me, all you are serious about right living and committed to seeking God. Ponder the rock from which you were cut, the quarry from which you were dug. And I want to just stop there because you think about the rock from which you were cut. The rock is Jesus, right? So we were cut from Jesus. We were cut from a king. We were cut from our savior. We were cut from our brother. We're made of good stuff. We're made of great stuff, as a matter of fact. And it said the quarry from which you were dug 
we were dug from a deep place. And when you think about authenticity, just wrapping all this up, what's in us is goes deep. And who we are is excellent because we were cut from kings. Yes, ponder Abraham, your father, and Sarah, who bore you. So remember that when you ponder Abraham, think about his faith. It pleased God so much that God accounted to him as righteousness. And God blessed him. And he said that he would be blessed so much that his descendants would outnumber the sands of the sea. I mean, the sands. And so with that, think about God. That same promise lies with us. That God will multiply us greater than the sands. And it says that Sarah, who bore you, Sarah was barren because she was older. And some of you that are listening feel that you have come to a place of barrenness and that you're not able to birth forth anything good or anything living. But God says not so. And so look to Sarah, the one who bore you. Your latter shall be greater than your former. And it said, think of it, one solitary man when I called him, but once I blessed him, he multiplied. Likewise, I, God, will comfort Zion, comfort all her mounds of ruins. I'll transform her dead ground into Eden, her moonscape into the garden of God, a place filled with exuberance and laughter, thankful voices, and melodic songs. God is restoring, and he promises, and he's faithful that he's going to turn everything that was barren into a place of fertility in every aspect of your life. In Jesus name, I prophesy it according to that scripture, Isaiah 51 and one. Amen. And on that note, Dr. Priest, I don't even think that we have to have an ending prayer because <laughs> that was it right there. We receive in Jesus name. Amen. For Jesus sure. name, amen. Thank you. But yeah, truthfully, thank you so much for, for all of Everything that you said, those scriptures were awesome. They really, um, really speak to the heart of how to be authentic and, you know, how to look to God, who is the one who created us and crafted us in his image. And yeah, I'm encouraged. I'm definitely encouraged. Thank you so much. I I just love you. I love what you're doing. Um, The Audience One podcast is phenomenal. And I'm just blessed i truly am so excited to just be connected to you and be a part so thank you again for the opportunity absolutely and i definitely plan to have you back on the show so uh be on the lookout for that i'm ready when you you are (laughs) i hope you all enjoyed that show my number one takeaway from the episode was being firm on your no letting your yes be your yes letting your no be no and being firm with that and establishing those boundaries. That is a really difficult thing for me because I am definitely a people person. I love for there to be um, just happiness, no conflict. I just love to get along with everyone. And setting and establishing boundaries is something that is a new practice for me, but it's something that I know is important moving forward. So that's my number one takeaway from this episode. What about you? What did she say that you want to apply to your life right now? If you could, please share that with me via your IG stories, your Facebook posts, text me, email me, however you want to communicate with me. But I would love to engage in a little back and forth dialogue with you all to see how you all might apply something from this episode to your life. 
You all, I want to encourage you, if you are new here, to please subscribe to the show. Leave me a five-star rating. This helps people find the show. We have listeners listening to this podcast all over the world, which is still mind-blowing to me, but it's also very encouraging and lets me know that you all are sharing with somebody and letting people know that the podcast is available. I have a special treat coming up for you all in October. Um, On Monday, October the 5th, we are doing a live recording of the Audience of One with my good friend and sister, Chelsea. She was on an episode previously. I can't remember the episode number, but she's going to do a live recording talking about suffering in the life of a believer. Many of you all who listen to this show are believers. And I don't know if you are like me, but anytime I am suffering, anytime something is hard and difficult, it always catches me off guard because I just have this belief that when I am in relationship with God and I came over to Christ, that my life would be peaches and cream and everything would be great. But that is not a reality and (laughs) scripture does not tell us that at all. So Chelsea is going to be doing a live podcast recording with me. We're going to be recording this in a Zoom room and we are going to limit it to probably 10 people max. So if you would love to join me and Chelsea for this conversation, it is going to be on Monday, October the 4th or no, October the 5th, please email me at the link in the show notes and I will make sure I add you to the guest list. Until next time, folks, I hope you all have an amazing week and see you next Monday. Bye.